You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. How's the week going? So, a few weeks ago, we had somebody on from the Pixels and Ink podcast, and this week I thought I would share the podcast with you, our newest member into the Buns podcast family. So, instead of an episode of ISO, you will be hearing the latest episode of the Pixels and Ink podcast. If you like what you hear... You can uh, check it out at podcast.buns.com or uh, subscribe to it wherever else you subscribe to other podcasts. All right, guys. Here it is. Welcome to Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 260, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining us today are Brendan Fry. Hello, Lisa. Brendan Quinn. Hi, Lisa. And Phil. That's me. Yay. Yay. So how's everyone doing today? Doing well. Doing good? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing just oh, fine. No. Thanks. That's me. That's me. <laughs> are, are we Sorry. starting over from that? No, 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 We're no. Just keep going? That's just part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for providing the soundtrack, Phil. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, what no problem. Was it was uh, a friend of mine sent me a link that I assumed was a website, and it was, in fact, a video that started playing immediately <laughs> well, and loudly. What, what kind of video? It's Phil? the trailer for Jigsaw, the new song. Oh, I watched oh, that earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah which I have so not watched it yet. How are they doing it? Obviously. There's lasers now. Um, mm. We don't know. That's part of the mystery, Brendan, mm-hmm. that we'll find out when watching but the movie. But isn't Jigsaw dead? He's been dead for like yeah, he four was dead. He was dead for half. Yeah. series that didn't stop him he had more <laughs> planned for after he was dead than when he was alive better prep, better prep time <laughs> yeah. than batman so do they have like other bad guys now so jigsaw do they have maybe like puzzle maybe like i don't know like I'm, if i was wittier i'd come up with better names but mm-hmm. did, how did they come over that oh there was like he had a apprentices, um, apprentices yeah. and then there that apprentice was gathering other apprentices through mm. the jigsaw games totally so we can only assume that that's spawned a new series of apprentices. Yeah. Oh, sounds Ideal- like fun. Ideally, millennial apprentices. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. They're going to be in their phones and have possibly have top knots? We can only hope. <laughs> How about death by uh, strangulation of top knot? Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Game news. Who wants to get started with that one? Um, what'd you find, Brendan? Fry? <laughs> oh, I, I, we could talk about... Oh, what can we talk about? Like, well, let's go over the um, loot box thing. I, I think that's kind of really exciting. Yeah. What's, th- what's this now? Tell us about it. Well, Quinn, why don't you tell us about <laughs> it? <laughs> We're really prepared today. Um, I think what happened was that the uh, last year, the games industry on consoles made $7.8 billion off of DLC and microtransactions and yeah. things like that. And again, the top ones. I'm, gonna, I'm yeah, pulling up so the story. the largest triple uh, A uh, publishers. Believe like it or not, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. EA. Mm. I, I would never have thought that. Blizzard no. Activision are at the top of the list in a shocking turn of events. That's Ugh. impossible, really. And uh, GTA V made something like 80% of its revenue since the game launched off of downloadable content. Oh, God. Like $1.4 billion, yeah. give or take. So worldwide digital console revenue re- uh, will reach, so this year will reach, Seven point eight billion dollars. Oh, that's so frustrating because I was really hoping that this stuff would go away. But no, clearly no, no. it's just going to. Yeah, that's where the money's at. I know. Phrase, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so okay, much. Okay, so Grand Theft Auto in total has earned one point four billion dollars in revenue. Seventy-eight mm. percent of that coming from add-on content. That's so ridiculous. That's insane. So ridiculous. Oh wait, wait, wait. You've got a graph. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to show you the graph. Oh. Who cares? Uh, Activision Blizzard has uh, seen players already spent sixty-one million dollars on the console. Uh, on console to purchase in-game loot boxes for yeah. Overwatch. 
I guess this explains why it's taking so long for Red Dead Redemption to form because the new Red Dead game to form because they want to make sure that the online functionality yeah. is top tier and yeah. they can make as much mm-hmm. money as they possibly can think before of how it comes out. Think how many you can buy in that game. Mm-hmm, cause think l- how many different lassos you can uh, buy. Yeah, because Lord knows the, when I played the last one, I was like, boy, this online content is really the strength Did of this product. Did you have online? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You, go shoot, you go shoot cowboys. Oh, right. That's not yeah. good. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. All right. Um, do you so want to move on to the next story? Lisa? That was a thing. Um, mm. How about we talk about the uh, the new um, Pacific Rim trailer that dropped? Well, that's a movie. We should get to that after. Or are we waiting for that one? Well, we, we wait to the film oh, section. Okay, okay, fine. Sorry. Yeah. I'm it's new okay. to this. It's okay. I'm breaking Talk about the, uh, the big Doom reveal. Oh, yes. No. It's huge. That um, John Romero finally revealed that he, in fact, was the model, the original model for Doom Guy on the cover of the mm. original game. Now, I, I really want to know if those are his real abs. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't strike me as like a fitness freak type of guy, but no, you, know, he was you never fit know. Back in the day. He was a young man. Yeah. It, was, it was years and years ago. He was pretty <laughs> metal. But apparently he was frustrated that the model just didn't quite get... Um, the direction that he wanted it to go. So he told the guy to, you know, get out of the way, and he took over, and the rest is history. <laughs> so I got a picture of young John Romero over here. Oh, okay. He does not indeed have abs. He does not have ripped abs? <laughs> Sorry, he's not ripped, um, but man, that curly hair. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Love the glasses. Yeah, he's a classy, classy man. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Okay, mm-hmm. what, and one second, what else? Um, there was a little bit. I, I, I guess I got a, a little bit of um, salacious, drama-ridden, gossipy kind of news. Oh, how that's right. Yes, yes. So there was this. Okay, this is a really long story that started uh, way back in uh, early February. Gotcha. Late February. So there's this uh, composer that does eight-bit uh, style music. Okay. And um, she did some work for a game called uh, Star Mazer. Mm. And uh, her name is Alex. Uh, let me, sorry if I mess up the name, but it's Alice, uh, Alex uh, Maurer. She's kind of on a suing kick, so be yeah. very careful. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, I'm just facts are mm. as they are. Um, she star- uh, put out a... Um, Okay, so she started putting um, DMC. orders, DMC, yeah, DMCs against uh, Star Mazer, um, who insists that they actually owned the rights to the music that she had. Um, mm-hmm. That didn't, so obviously that didn't succeed. So she tried to take the music, put it on her, uh, uh, the al- uh, album on Bandcamp to get and get her followers to boycott the game. Bandcamp took it down. She tried to do it on her own site. That got taken down. From then on, she, there was a DMC issue. That went all over uh, Vimeo, YouTube, anywhere that this game kind of appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, it got really messy with some of the YouTubers. There were some death threats issued. YouTubers anyway. love death threats. Oh, they death go threats and doxing. They're huge on that. And 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 Hitler references is from oh, what yeah. I was looking. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's been pretty pretty messy. So there's more to it now. Recently, um, uh, River City Ransom had uh, officially. Uh, received another D- DMCA. This is, this is River City Ransom Underground. Underground. So, Underground re- the, so the reboot, uh, the the Kickstarter game. Uh, anyway, so they discovered, um, they decided to t- uh, take down everything based on the whole legal issue because they just they they didn't want to deal with this sort of thing they want to avoid the, the developer issues. said that we can't spend another minute thinking about the false dmca complaints filed against us in our youtube and twitch communities yeah. so basically they know that they're in the right and they just can't bother with it right now yeah. so that's fair it's so easier just to take it off yeah. like take so they just took the game down or just re- yeah. they changed the soundtrack oh wow yeah, well they're working on changing it right now um, oh, and that's actually what happened to star Mazer too they ended up re uh, posting it with the new soundtrack and oh it was beyond the star, uh, soundtrack it was also sound effects oh wow and so they had to redo all the sound effects as well that one is currently available river city um ransom underground right now is not sure when it's going to be posted mm-hmm. oh wow uh, oh. when it's going to be finished so why so is alex doing this i'm sure there's a backstory to this and it wasn't just a random okay so um i there's there's a number of theories that are going around okay uh one let's go with the least salacious and more okay. most factually well, based According to uh, uh, something issued during the Star Mazer uh, 
post. Uh, basically, when StarMazers uh, developers and publishers did a big blog post on their Kickstarter page, uh, originally she left the project due to health issues. Okay. And uh, didn't quite, according to them, this is alleged. She allegedly didn't finish what needed to be finished. Um, and so uh, a lot of theories are going around that there were some health issues going on there and uh, some mental health issues. But again, because a lot of her social media was taken down, she wiped it down, and the last things I could find were uh, that are recent that weren't post that uh, from her own uh, voice were um, nothing really conclusive from mm. her side of view. But that the theory is that there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a theory that there's a rise to too close of a ri- too quick of a rise to fame, which is enough to mm-hmm. make anyone go a little a bit um, panicked mm-hmm. when you're having to deal with a lot of dis- different issues like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I mean, another way we could talk about this is that when you sign uh, a contract where your prop, your essentially your property is is whoever you write it for. Like yeah. w- the music is written for her, for the property, and they own the property of whatever she produces during the time that she's working for them. Um, that's a sticky contract to work with as a musician to begin with. So you kind of realize that this is making more money. I could be making more money. It could mm-hmm. be that issue. So it, it's very unclear the right now as to why. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those are the number of theories that seem to be going on. Well, hopefully, yeah, it is. Anything to do with depression or something like that, they get the help they need. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one, one thing I was reading was that they were seeking help, and they, there, were, uh, there was uh, somebody helping them at the very least. That's good. So hopefully that continues, and uh, yeah, ho- hopefully this, this mess becomes a little less messy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then what was the other story? There's one other story we wanted to bring up. One second here. I will find it. Oh! oh. Do we want to talk about the um, new Telltale games that have been announced? Oh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. exciting. Yes. Wolf, uh, Wolf Among Us 2, or oh, Season 2, sense. is coming out. Oh, the first one was so good. Uh, we also have a new Batman, and it seems like they're retiring the Walking Dead Telltale series. About time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the fourth now. Uh, yeah, sure. I feel like that's just been... Going on yeah, forever yeah. and ever and ever. I'm but excited for the new. Well, ba- right? I'm excited for that new Batman as well. I really yeah, like the first, the first one. Really good, yeah. It was really really fun. Yeah, it was. I was it doing well still. I, I like. I remember when it first came out, it was a big big deal, and then the Batman. No no no. no, no Walking, well, Dead. Walking Dead. I don't think the latest season. And then yeah, and then I just kind of because people just think it's kind of gone on too long. The first one, I think people really moved them because you had that kind mm. of story of Clementine, mm. the story of the kind of the father daughter kind of relationship going on. Yeah. But then once you lost that, you kind of lost a lot of the kind of the heart of the story. Totally. Plus, there are two separate Walking Dead television yeah. shows on yeah. at the same time. There's and, you way know, too many. And a comic book series. There's just there's only so much Walking Dead people can I take. Watched, I watched the first few episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, then I gave up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, L.A. Walking Dead, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and the hype, yeah, the hype of the shows have kind of, it, they don't have that crowd to piggyback off of anymore. I mean, I think there's still one of the higher rated or higher uh, ratings wise uh, cable shows and they're doing they compete against network shows mm-hmm. which is impressive for a cable show that oh. not everyone has oh yeah totally but I, I do think the numbers are waning compared to what they were at their peak I would imagine they so. have to be yeah, yeah yeah and Phil tell us some movie news I will do just that woo <laughs> so well first off we can talk about that Pacific Rim trailer if you'd like <laughs> I just haven't seen it so I can't talk well, about it, it but do you, do you, you like the voice of Gladys Sure. Okay. What about like cool anime-looking robots? I do like those. Then that's all there is. Okay. Well, yeah. that sounds fun. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about yeah. this. I don't <laughs> think it actually even shows any footage. It's just kind of yeah. renderings of the different mechs. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. With a Ed- Boyega appearance. Is that supposed to be Edris Elba's son? Is that correct? Oh, I don't know. Actually, I, I mean that would line. make sense. That really. checks out. Yeah. yeah. So he just kind of like there, like I support the Yegos are our future, blah blah blah. Yeah, so it was done kind of like a, a an in movie ad. Yeah, kind of yeah. similar mm-hmm. to uh, reminiscent of um, Starship Troopers. Yeah, I like it. Looks really cool. Cool. And did you guys see the trailer for the new Guillermo del Toro movie that he actually directed? No. Oh, uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, the, originally people thought it was a Hellboy thing, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, because there is like a creature who looks very similar to the one that David Hyde mm-hmm. Pierce did the voice for in the Deep Hellboy Sapien, movies. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it looks really wonderful. It's about. Uh, yeah, it's set in the 60s, and it's about this uh, 
a deaf woman who discovers this underground laboratory that has this sort of gill man character okay. in it. Sort of like a creature from the Black Lagoon, but more friendly. Yeah, more friendly, and they kind of like form some sort of connection. It looks, yeah, it looks very, um, yeah, it looks like another like modern adult fairy okay. tale, and one that looks very moving and unsettling. And Is it I'm Spanish? so on board. Spanish language? No, nope, English language. Okay. Yeah, I'm I mean, just hoping for another kind of you know backfire in marketing where everybody thinks it's like a fun kids movie and uh, then somebody's face gets smashed in with I'm a wine bottle. Sure, something like that'll happen. Um, yeah, they, now they shot it in Toronto last summer. So. I mean, it is interesting because uh, Del Toro, a lot of his more story-like ones are done in Spanish language. So I was wondering. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, he hasn't done one since in Spanish since Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been wondering. Backbone before that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he did the three yeah. and Kronos as well, yeah. and they're great. But yeah, no, I've been I've been waiting for him to do that for a while. My guess is just now that he has a family and everything, he doesn't really want to. He wants to stay in North America. Mm. He had a rough time in Mexico Did at he? one point. Yeah, when he came up to do, um, I th- I want to say Mimic. Okay. Um, one of his early American movies when like the word got out yeah. locally. Um, Was Mimic the, the cr- one about the cockroach people? Totally. Living yeah. 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 Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. yeah that's it. Yeah. Um, no, word got out locally that he was up in Hollywood making money, and the drug cartels kidnapped his father and held oh. him for ransom, and yeah. So he just has everyone up here. Yeah, I don't think he doesn't spend as much time there anymore. So well, he, I mean, that would kind of <laughs> yeah, throw you totally off fair, a little yeah. bit, eh? No, absolutely. Yeah, no, he did go back to shoot both um, Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth, right. but hasn't since. My guess is just that, like, you know, he's been able to make the, like, in, with, uh, <laughs> God, Crimson Peak and this one, it seems like he's able to get some of the personal ones done up here now, so, so is, we'll where's see. He, where is he based out of now? Is it Toronto. Is he actually still based Oh, yeah, there? he's been here since he shot Pacific Rim. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I, thought yeah, he was, yeah. I thought he had an L.A. home in a... I mean, I think he still has a home there, and he certainly goes down there for business and stuff, but for the most part, yeah, it's his family, the kids go to school up here, all oh, that stuff. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, nice. it's really cool. Yeah, he lives in the um, the beaches, I believe. Yeah, I believe that's, mm-hmm. where, he, that's where he has a house. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. He's still up here, that's where he stays. Yeah, totally. So, cool. All right, next up. Um, I guess we should probably talk about uh, the death of George Romero, which so. was a very, very he's, sad he's very thing. very iconic to Toronto as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's been living here for since the land of the dead yep. so it's, yeah 10 just over yeah, 10 years yeah, now exactly, yeah. yeah no um so yeah that was very sad um it's obviously the guy that did night of the living dead dawn of the dead yeah. um martin the crazies uh creep show very influential horror director um yeah i, I it's someone who i always like loved and yeah. was always like great in the horror community he just sort of had beyond all the incredible influential stuff he did he, he had a lot of he had a really bad run with the industry where basically everything he made that he's known for, he did independently in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And as soon as he came to Hollywood, he like, he he created the show Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. And other than that... Oh, I remember that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was his. And other than that, he just couldn't get work in Los Angeles really? to save his life. Yeah, he used to say that he made... Like, all the money he made during the 20 years in Los Angeles were developing screenplays that didn't get made. And he made, like, a couple small movies that, you know, like Monkey Shines... Which aren't great, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just, it was just kind of a sad um, situation where he, you know, was able to do so well on his own, but never really got a chance to be embraced. Um, to be fair, Hollywood, industry. Is, Hollywood is kind of a weird industry. It is absolutely, and he also like like part of what made his work so good is that they were very personal and very political yeah. mm-hmm. horror movies, which is not the sort of thing that studios really want to finance, especially, especially in the eighties. Yeah, so it's a yeah, so it's a bummer. There's some you know uh, unfulfilled potential there, but obviously he. You know, by virtue of the fact that he created what we now yeah. know as the zombie, he yeah, will be dead, remembered forever. Yeah, totally. So it was very, very sad. But he was uh, in his eighties. Yes, he was not young. Yeah, no, he was not young. He did quite well. Um, but anyway, still yes, sad to hear. He'll be missed, of course. Um, and then next up, it's not really movie news, more TV thing, but they announced the new Doctor Who this week. I thought and it was a good, a good choice. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker, who I only really know from Attack the Block, but oh, she's good in Attack the Block. I, yeah. I just remember from that one oh, episode of Black, Black Mirror. Oh, she was in Black Mirror, too? The yeah. Rewind yeah. implant one. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. She's been around the um, the British television yeah. scene for quite some yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I th- her role in Broadchurch is really good. Uh, yeah. uh, the kind of grieving mother thing. Mm-hmm. And she's really, like, in the uh, future seasons, she's been 
um, really developing the character and yeah. giving it a lot of depth, and I think she'll do the same. Yeah, the new Doctor. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good choice. I don't understand why the internet got upset, but the internet likes getting upset. I thought they uh, were like not reason. as upset as I thought they would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I expected more backlash, mm-hmm. but yeah. maybe the Doctor Who community but, isn't as. But also, yeah. I'm gonna throw it out there: like random MRA groups were getting upset. And I'm going to throw it out there. I bet they don't watch Doctor Who. Yeah, no. but they're going to say yeah, that they're always going to get upset. Absolutely. Like, yeah. how, do, how do they get rid of man, a man's role? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's all our, what are we going to do if we don't have men roles? Anymore? I mm-hmm. agree with Brendan. The more, actually, I didn't see as much. I mean, I, I know there was, but comparatively, I mean, yeah, compared to like sure. Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. I saw more people getting upset about people getting, re- getting ready for people to be, to be upset about people being upset about the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, not oh, I was oh, sure. yeah, yeah. kind of pleasantly surprised with that. I mean, it's not a, a show that I really watch myself, but I have a couple friends that really like yeah, it, yeah. and I was like, oh, there's going to be so much backlash, and there yeah. kind of wasn't. Yeah, I, so. felt the, I felt the same way, and I think it's just probably because Doctor Who's still just a little bit more niche. Like, yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. is more of a pop thing. I feel like people that are into Doctor Who probably aren't. There's probably not a lot of overlap between yeah. the MRA groups and Doctor Lou. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Yeah. It's a more, I mean, because it's so niche, it's just... Part of a collective community that is still very much like let's be inclusive to everybody. Which yeah, is, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a great trend to see, and I want more yeah, yeah. to be like that. And it's been a pretty inclusive show. I mean, yeah. like aside from the fact that the doctor w- was always, always a white, white guy man. before, <laughs> it was a pretty inc- inclusive beyond that. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, yep, that was a nice thing. Um, and whoops. Here we go. All right. Yeah, I don't have many this week. It's been a slow week. It has been. Uh, yeah. But Comic-Cons this weekend, so I'm sure I'll have and way too many things to talk about next up, week. It's yeah. going to be all the news. For sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, there's one thing that John Watts uh, is, is has signed on to direct the sequel to Spider-Man. Um, sure. I'm coming. Um, he did a good job with the first yeah. one, so I'm fine with that. Um, nothing really odd there. Uh, next up. Oh, this is kind of a weird one. So... Uh, Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman, they're a directing team. They made uh, the Catfish movie oh, yeah, and yeah. Paranormal Activity 3. They're currently in talks to direct a Mega Man movie at mm-hmm. 20th Century Fox. You think, sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they have the rights, so I guess, so uh, why not? I guess they're going to do it. I just um, hope the soundtrack's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Like real synth-wavy, chiptune kind of stuff. Yeah, they better bring some of the music from Mega Man 2 into yeah. it, or I'm going to be upset. And I better start with Mega Man. Start or finish with Mega Man on the top of a skyscraper with his hair blowing in the wind. Absolutely. <laughs> These are very important things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, it's hard to do video game movies. I Mega Man's not a horrible choice. What they do with it, I don't know. And I actually do quite like them as filmmakers. I think Cat, like Catfish is great, and their Paranormal Activity 3 was really good. And the last movie that they did, Nerve, um, I really liked for an hour, and then it got really horrible. <laughs> but that first hour was really good. <laughs> um, so I don't know. We'll see. I like. I'm, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that yet. I have to see what Mega Man looks like before I yeah. make any difference. It could be really bad or really good. If it's a weird, sexy Mega Man, I'm not going to be all for it. <laughs> Actually, I want a Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I want a sexy Mega Man. Yeah, I want him just kind of maybe having a man bun, just throwing it nah, out there. Probably. You're really all about the man bun today. <laughs> I feel that's how we tap into a hipster demographic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll enough. have more to say about that later on when we talk about games. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. And then the last thing I have isn't really a news story um, in that it's not like like current news, but it's just a fun thing I read this week, which is um, someone did an oral history for, of the movie Face Off, okay. which I adore. Really? And they said that in the the guy who was supposed to direct it for John Woo, who I yeah. believe directed Demolition Man, yeah. told a story where the original cast was Nicolas Cage and Johnny Depp. Yeah. And then right before Johnny Depp was about to sign his contract and made it ofi- make it official, he finally read the script and realized it wasn't about hockey and quit. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Which, which I, I mean, it gave it. us creepy, psycho, rapey Travolta. So, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, they went the right way, for sure. And also, um, like, John Woo ended up directing it, which made a big difference, yeah. too. Yeah. But uh, it just that's just hysterical. That's amazing. Yeah. He thought uh. it was about hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then quit immediately. <laughs> like, no, it's not about hockey. Uh, we want to mention the, because there's some uh, film news that came out. Okay. No, sorry, TV news. Okay. Completely the opposite of film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we do, do anyone here watch American Horror Story? Oh, is Lena Dunham yeah. going to be on it? Yeah, I heard that. Um, okay. And it's yeah. taking place during the 2016 election. Yeah. 
Which oh, is, really? What that's kind of funny. Sa- I mean, I'm keen to see what... I mean, I've never watched American Horror Story, yeah. so I probably won't watch this one, but, I mean, the setting is definitely intriguing. Well, yeah, I'm curious to see what the concept is, for sure. And then they have sure. the concept that... Um, the people that did Game of Thrones are looking to do a new show. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've the Civil read a War. Lot of Civil War is if the South won. Yes. Yeah. 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 And everyone is losing their mind. Yeah. yeah I'm not excited about that. I don't that understand premise. why people are so upset because it's not like this is going to be in a world where the South won and it's great that we still have <laughs> slaves. Like the whole point is that it's going to be about. Like this. I think a lot of the backlash I read was was um, black people complaining that they were sick of just having black people in slave roles yeah, and getting treated shittily like there's more they can do you oh, know yeah, totally and that there's guaranteed to be some like woke white girl that yeah. kind of comes to the rescue yeah. and i don't know i mean obviously they don't have to go that route and you're right they're not going to show the slave owning south <laughs> as being like yeah, yeah, yeah wouldn't yeah, it be yeah. better if things were this way yeah totally like i i understand people being concerned about it but i want to wait and see what the take is before i find it i mean offensive. they did a really good job with game of thrones but for sure with the material they had so oh, totally i'm it could go one of two ways one is awful mm. and one is ah that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. i and, just it's it, for yeah. sure i just it's it just felt weird to me that like the reaction seemed to be universally peop- negative yeah. well just people were assuming that this was going to be like a, a TV show for red states. <laughs> or I think it's going to be the exact opposite. Oh, yeah, of course. It's yeah. going to be basically, you don't actually want this. Look at how horrible this <clears> is. Totally, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm waiting to reserve judgment on that. It's definitely provocative. Like, they got the attention they wanted. Oh, yeah. So. Like, HBO's definitely going to make it now because yeah. look at how much attention Everyone's talking about it, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so. interesting. We'll yeah, see. totally. Should we take a break? Um. Yeah, actually, hold on. I want to touch on something because uh, we talked about this last week. Okay. The cast of Aladdin. Yes. They oh cast yeah, people. They, and they did cast Bollywood people, yeah. like they, we were talking about last week. They did. Yeah, they yeah, cast yeah. Um, uh, Mina Masood. Yeah. Uh, he's playing Aladdin, and Will Smith uh, is the genie. Yeah, and that's right. Naomi Scott is Jasmine. Apparently, Mina. How do you say his name? I think it's Mena. Apparently, he lives in Toronto. Or has yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, yeah, those, sure. those are all fair choices. Yeah, those no, I, I, I have no real complaints. Do a good job, and I mean, I Will Smith as the genie, I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> wishy-washy about, I mean, but I, like mm-hmm. big shoes to fill. So, I, I because Robin Williams kind of made that character his own, mm. he has to go a completely different. Oh, way. absolutely, yeah. he can't. Yeah, there's no doing like the same thing. No. It has to be totally different. You but even what? even then, that because the, there was a lot of that was just Robin Williams riffing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and if you lose that, that characters no it has to be a completely different character mm-hmm. so what angle do you think they're going to go for with will smith i think they're going to probably do whatever script originally was set for the genie yeah i'm just excited that it means there's a very good chance we're finally going to get a will smith movie rap again yeah, yeah. well he <laughs> rapped at yeah. comic-con totally he did a rap about the genie okay yeah, 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 yeah. totally so that's it's definitely gonna be rapping genie number mm-hmm. one yeah. Number two, there might be like a tie-in music yeah. video. So does this mean Jaden Smith will get like shoehorned in? Somehow? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only, uh, yeah, he'll be a uh, poo, the monkey. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> staring blankly and making sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem I have with this is Aladdin, because that movie was basically mm-hmm. the genie and kind of how that interaction kind of worked. Mm-hmm. It these uh, Disney movies have basically been recreations, almost shot for shot, of yeah. the original thing. And they're obviously going to do all the songs again. So they physically songs, cannot yeah. make that exact move. They, that, that movie cannot be exactly recreated because mm. a lot of that was Robin Williams riffing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you can't have Will Smith doing a riff of J- Robin Williams riffing because yeah. it would look awful. Yeah, totally. So it's, they're at least going to have to do some originality with totally. that Totally. Well, and also the fact that this Guy Ritchie is just such a weird choice. I'm curious to see how So I was looking at... Um, so Guy Ritchie also did... The King Arthur movie, right? Yeah. That movie really tanks. Yeah, <laughs> modern <laughs> classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got to be thrilled that he got this job already. Yeah. He wouldn't be getting it now. No. Yeah, no. That movie Has like, Guy Ritchie done a good movie in the past? Yeah, the, I like the Sherlock Holmes movies. They oh, did okay, yeah. I was kind of... I bit. don't hate them. Yeah. But I don't think they're very good. Uh, they're fun. I would yeah. like to see a Sherlock Holmes version of Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little intrigued now. That was fun. Say. And I also yeah. really like this Man from U.N.C.L.E. movie. I liked that. that was oh, really good. I didn't yeah. see that, but... It's actually yeah. good. If you want yeah. a copy of the movie, we have it in the box. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, seriously? I may take one of those, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, that's... Yeah, it's so fun. Um, yeah, I like that. Well, the weird thing about that is like that it, Steven Soderbergh developed that yeah. and then quit so it feels more like Steven Soderbergh it, oh, it, it really just, the, yeah. the way the dialogue's filmed totally. framed and everything you can really tell it was yeah 
All right. Now is a good time to take okay. a break. So mm. we can hear from our sponsors from Buns Podcast Network and Comic Mento. Woo woo. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Pass. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Thanks, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento, and welcome back, everybody. So, Phil, you've got some great things to tell us about movies today, don't I you? I do. I have several movies to talk <laughs> about. Um, the first, uh, yeah, we've got three movies we're going to talk about today. Um, one of them, I should say right up front, one of them is not Dunkirk, even though that opens this week because I wasn't able to. See, I'm seeing it immediately after this podcast. We'll discuss that next week. Fair enough. But I mean, other, I mean, I'm really sad because I, I really I know, I know. Dunkirk me, is. hey, trust me, me too. No one more than me. All right, so, but the first one that I saw, um, the one that I did see, the big movie I did see for this week is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which I'll only call Valerian from here on out because that's too much. Yeah, so is this um, supposed to be like part of a massive trilogy or something like no, that? No, so what it is is it's a latest film by Luc Besson and, uh, who made The Fifth Element, and it's very, very similar to The Fifth Element, which ironically came out 20 years ago, yeah, so yeah. it's a weird like little nostalgia throwback The Fifth Element in its own way. Now, what it is is it's based on a French comic book series yeah, that yeah. Um, has been going on for years that... Uh, uh, Basan was a big fan as a kid and inspired the aesthetic of the okay. fifth element. So, um, yeah, it's a big, goofy, sci- cartoony sci-fi space opera like that. The, they're, like, the plot's very convoluted, but like in basic terms, um, uh, Dane DeHane and... Uh, uh, God, I always forget her last Cara name. D- Clara, Cara Delevingne? Yeah, Cara Delevingne. There thank you. you. Uh, Dane DeHane and Clara Delevingne play two... Uh, Space secret agents of course who go around doing yeah. sp- taking care of space crimes, and uh, in the very beginning of the movie, Dane DeHane has a nightmare about this like avatar race of like perfect uh, uh, primitive aliens who have like little pets that poop pearls. Um, he has a dream of them being destroyed and their entire planet being wiped out and being annihilated. And then he wakes up and has to do this very bizarre caper involving this uh, gigantic intergalactic mall that's so gigantic that. You just go to the desert and put on virtual reality glasses and go to stores um, from various planets all over the universe, and then uh, through matter transmitters get your items from it. That is insane. It's really insane, yeah. So they have to do a heist there to steal a thing that turns out to be related to those creatures that Dane DeHane had the dream about, and then they go to this giant intergalactic spaceport. And and, and he's... The good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they go to this big spaceport um, where they meet the like space commander played by Clive Owen, and he's all angry and evil and stuff. And a, a bunch of stuff goes wrong, and everything connects. So it is, it is very it, like it. It sounds is, nice and simple. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like a bare bones. <laughs> oh, plot. I know. It's very convoluted, but it is absolutely gorgeous to look at. Like the Fifth Element, um, the art style is very much done from 60s, 70s sort of okay. psychedelic uh, sci-fi comics. Everything's very bright and mm-hmm. bold and looks like, you know, looking at the back of a journey cover on acid or something like that. That's, how I, that's the only way I exactly. look at my journey Exactly, yeah, exactly. On acid, Ex- all the acid. Exactly. Um, but it is very big and goofy and broad, and it just ha- it's just filled with all sorts of strange play. Like, there's also a... At one point, they go to the, like, red light district and the space hub, and uh, Ethan Hawke is running a strip club that has uh, a, a shapeshifter played by Rihanna who does a strip dance that involves her going through, like, every single possible fetishized stripper woman at one point or another. What? It's very bizarre. Um, there's, like, a group of, like, these underground space hogs that eat people. Um, it, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a little overdone, but... It is very, it is very in keeping with the Fifth Element, and if you like that brand of like goofy, silly cartoonish space opera, this recaptures it and is a ton of fun. It, like it, visually, it's incredible because he got over two hundred million dollars to do it, so it is 
done. It, it is this ridiculous, psychedelic, very, very French, very surreal science fiction movie done on that scale with gorgeous 3D. And the only pr- really problem I had with it is that ultimately Dana Haney and Cara uh, Devonier aren't, they aren't, they're, they're like, they're good actors and they get away with it. But the whole movie is kind of done in like ironic quotation marks where everything, everyone is aware of how silly it is except for the two of them. Okay. And they aren't quite as funny and they aren't, they don't quite have the chemistry that their character should have because it is also kind of a love story between them. That harms it a bit, but that's fairly minor. Now I, it is like it is important to note that as like imaginative and gigantic and fun and goofy as it is, it is incredibly stupid. Okay. So you have to enjoy that. You have to like Luke Besson's particular brand of like Euro trash action idiocy. But if you do, I had such a good time with this. Now, now let me ask you. Um, so it had a box. It had a production budget of two hundred nine million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will it make that back? I really. I'm worldwide. I think it'll probably do okay. I think the fact that it's coming out opposite Dunkirk yeah. like pretty well guarantees that it's going to tank um, at this least weekend. here, right? Because it seems like you said I know it has a huge or the comic book series anyway has a big following in France. Yeah, in yeah across Europe and I think in Japan as well. Okay, so I think I think worldwide it will probably much like the fifth element. Like the fifth yeah. element is kind of like a classic now, but yeah. it did not do well when it came out okay. in North America. Oh, wow. But it made a fortune worldwide. Okay, and did fine. And I think that that's going to be the same thing here. Okay, like it's not going to make a billion dollars. But I'm sure it will overall probably make around four or five hundred. I think, good. yeah, and I think it's a shame that it's coming out opposite Dunkirk because that pretty well guarantees that that it's it's going to die death in the U.S. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that like if they'd released in August when there's not as much yeah. summer stuff, I think they could have done quite well with it. Um, I'm sure that th- they're thinking was just counter programming. Um, like that, you don't want to see war movies, see this ridiculous. Yeah, action. yeah, yeah. Like here's a big goofy comic book thing this weekend. The problem being that because Dunkirk's by Christopher Nolan, all the comic book people are going to that anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> they really shot themselves in the foot on that yeah. one. But it's yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. Okay. Again, with the understanding that it is deeply stupid. In okay. addition to being, I, I expect nothing left. Totally. So that's good. And then next up is uh, a ghost story. Yes. Mm. It was a movie by David Lowry, who did uh, that Pete's Dragon. Uh, reboot last year, which was actually quite good. I heard that was good. Yeah, and it's a very strange movie in that it is about, um, yeah, it stars uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara as a kind of like ho-hum indie movie couple, and then very early on, uh, Casey Affleck dies and comes back in a ghost to haunt her, but when he comes back as a ghost, he is a bedsheet ghost, like a Charlie Brown Halloween special. (laughs) And the movie does acknowledge how ridiculous that is, um, but it is like this very, like, oddly beautiful and hypnotic sort of movie about time and love and regret and death and ghosts and he sort of sticks by her throughout her time there and then stays in the house and haunts a couple other families sometimes scaring them sometimes just watching them and goes on goes on for decades and then eventually time loops and he actually like sees the like um yeah it goes right back to like a battle between uh, Native Americans and, uh, and oh, settlers no on the soil, which is why it became a haunted land, and then uh, and loops back all the way. So he actually goes through the whole relationship from the beginning, and then and there where he was actually haunting himself at a certain point. That is it's super weird. Very bizarre and very very. Because you have no concept of time anymore. It doesn't matter. Really. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it is. It's very interesting. It's very beautifully shot. It was really reminded me a lot of uh, Gus Van Sant's Elephant, the movie yeah, yeah. did about Columbine. So it's a lot of very long, creeping takes, a lot of like eerie silences. And it has this odd tone where like at first, I thought it was just ridiculous and it wasn't going anywhere. And then it kind of creeps up on you and actually has a lot to say. And is quite profound. But at the same time, like, well, it is aware of how ridiculous mm. it is and it will poke fun at it. So it doesn't feel pre- pretentious. But it is amazing that like by the end, you actually are emotionally attached to Casey Affleck in a bedsheet, which shouldn't be possible. No. But you, there is a, quite a profound connection there, and they do use that image in really creepy and poetic ways that I didn't think were possible with a bedsheet ghost. So it is like a very fascinating experiment, and I highly recommend it for people that like kind of offbeat, uh, offbeat kind of art horror movies. And I heard this was like 30-page script or something, so there's not very much dialogue. Yeah, no, there's very little dialogue. It is mostly just sort of like lingering and wandering. Huh. But it's far more entertaining and effective than that sounds. Yeah, it's one of those movies where, like, when you hear it described, it sounds horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it works, which is exactly what the Pete's Dragon remake yeah. was. When, like, hearing, we're going to do Pete's Dragon, we're going to do it serious this time. Then, like, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and then somehow it did kind of oddly work in this mm. strange way. And that's, between these two movies, David Lowry, I think, is a really fascinating filmmaker that 
is worth following. And um, yeah. we and haven't. You talked to him? Yep, we did an interview with him for the site, so you can check that out. Awesome. And um, I recommend, yeah, seeking out Ghost Story if you like really offbeat and things. That's playing the tip. Bell light box. I right believe now. so. It's playing at the light box, and and I think there's probably an, another venue or two around town, but Maybe. I'm not 100 percent sure. And they're probably playing in New York and LA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think they'll try to give it enough of a push. Um, like I don't think it'll ever be widely released, but I'm sure if you have uh, an art cinema, th- <laughs> an art cinema in your city, or even if you have a like AMC that Alamo, plays, maybe an Alamo Draft House. Yeah, 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 totally. Or even if you have like a an AMC or yeah that plays the occasional independent film. I'm sure it'll sneak in there because it has movie stars in it, and it's a very... Kivuni Mara and Gizzi Affleck. Totally, yeah, and it's a very, like, sellable premise oh, yeah. for something so Ridiculous. bizarre, but I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to talk about, speaking of... Speaking of off-balance, is we um, uh, shutter the all-horror movie streaming series. We keep track of the movies that get exclusively released on there and one came out this week called Kuso that's the first movie directed by Flying Lotus the electronic music artist oh okay yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I heard a lot yeah, about yeah. this actually like ages ago and then yeah I yeah yeah it played at Sundance and like a third of the audience walked out and said it was the most disgusting movie ever yeah, made yeah like way over the top yeah yeah and it is up there for most disgusting movie ever made for sure so why what's it, well it's hard to describe because he did it he one of his main collaborators on the movies was you guys remember Salad Fingers from the oh yes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. With salad fingers, you did it with salad fingers. That should give you a sense of the type of very creepy, odd surrealism it is. Like it's, it starts with this weird music video that sets up this world where there's this giant earthquake in Los Angeles, and so now everyone that lives in Los Angeles is covered with these giant pus-filled orbs. <laughs> um, and then, like, and then there's sort of like five. Like, I hesitate to call them narratives, but some five shorts that are interconnected, and each one tries to top themselves with how unsettling it is. Like. Uh, Tim Heinecker from Tim and Eric's in it, and he yeah. plays a guy that lives in a toilet who ha- has sex with this strange creature that's just every orifice imaginable. Um, there's a woman who's like, you see stumbling through caves looking for a, a baby for a long time, and then it turns out that's an anus um, that she's in, a giant anus. Um, there's a what? there's a doctor that has a, like, a, a, a poo-eating creature on his bottom. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's some... Yeah, yeah. Video. There's yeah, very amazing looking. Yeah, there you go. So it's go. yeah, and then there's animated interludes like that. That's what Salem F- Fingers did. So it's a very like it's a combination of like like almost like abstract art surrealism yeah. and gross out body horror mm-hmm. and like and it's funny too. There's some like Adult Swim kind right. of dark humor in it, and it is like an endurance test, but it is all fascinating. It's kind of funny and charming and oddly moving. But it is like totally disgusting and completely nonsensical. I mean, right now I'm reading the headline. To, yeah, yeah. Most vile movie ever made. 100. percent I mean, that's that's yeah. like three different headlines. Yeah, you, most you, disgusting. You've sold me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I don't it's know what their target there. demographic. Totally. Yeah. Pitchfork claims it is the most vile movie ever made. Esquire claims it's the most disgusting movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about ever. I've seen some gross stuff, but it's definitely <laughs> like top tier. And it's also filled with weird pop culture references. Like there's one sequence that has that's done to sound effects from Mortal Kombat. It, it feels some big names. In the, uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot the of big. Ar- oh, yeah. yeah. It's got a great soundtrack and, a, and big cat George Clinton from the, the funk master. He's, he plays an abortion doctor in it. Of course he does. Um, yeah, so it, it is. Does fa- he get funky with it? You know it. Um, so it is fascinating. And um, I, I yeah, it's one of those movies where I don't know if I can say I liked it. I definitely admired it. I right. will 100% never forget it. Do um, you want to see it again? Maybe. Not right away. <laughs> maybe someday. Um, is it wide release? No, it's on Shudder. Those were saying okay, Shudder yes. picked it up. So they're, that, they're exclusively on Shudder. Um, yeah, it's not playing in theaters. <laughs> um, but I, if yeah, if you like that, that, if you like that kind of like gross-out surrealist stuff, I highly recommend. It. If you like flying Lotus, I highly recommend it. If you like Adult Swim stuff, I highly recommend it. It is very unique, and um, yeah, it, it just it felt like a kind of um, an interesting mix between like like old-fashioned like Louis Bernal, Salvador Dali, yeah. surrealist filmmaking, and Adult Swim surrealist dark humor or like internet and human yeah it feels very like like a combination between like avant-garde and very contemporary goof off internet humor 
It was a very unique mix. I hope he does another movie. I hope long? he waits a while so I don't kind of have a break, but I hope he does something <laughs> else. Uh, yeah, it's about 90 minutes. Um, it's not that long. Oh, so no. legit endurance test. Oh, totally. Really. Well, there are times. half of that. Oh, for sure. There are times when it feels longer than 90 <laughs> minutes, I assure you. But it but it is it is playful as well. I don't know. It was fascinating. So it, it does have an actual storyline. of. I mean, like, stuff happens that and characters reoccur. I wouldn't call it a story. <laughs> but but yeah there's there's enough to latch on to to go through it felt like several it felt like he had like five different ideas for shorts and then yeah. weave them together so that they form this bizarre perverted picture Weird. um but anyway yeah i've never seen anything quite like it and i really if you're someone that likes to like push the limits of whether it's acceptable in imagery, then you owe it to yourself to see it. So the description on um, IMDb is a bizarre mutated survivors of Los Angeles nightmares, earthquake broadcast mm. their stories on a makeshift network of discarded televisions. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I buy it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So we got your review for that coming up this yep. weekend, right? That'll be, yeah, should be up today. Today's Friday. It's not Thursday. Pardon? Today's today. Friday when they're listening to the podcast. It's not Thursday. Well, I know that. I, yeah, I, I so know that's what I'm saying today. Okay, so hey. it's, going up on, it's going up today. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking tomorrow <laughs> more than today. Yeah. Meaning Saturday. Uh, oh, well, I see. Well, okay, well, we'll be whatever. Up today. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, games, guys. Who's played what? Well, you guys have been playing Dream Daddy. Oh, did you? Oh, we yeah, ever? Dream Daddy. How was yeah. that? Brendan, was, what do you uh, think of Dream Daddy? Yeah, well, I've never played um, dating a dating sim, sim before, mm-hmm. let alone one where you're a. Like a recently widowed, I think. Who knows? Yes. Father, they well, don't really explain what happened it. to your, your child's other? mom slash dad because we picked mom. We picked well. You could you could pick mom or dad. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. Um, it implies that there is a widower situation happening mm-hmm. there. Um, um, and there is a weird Pokemon mini game where you're trying to one up another father and his daughter's accomplishments, which I mean. Uh, after teaching skiing, snowboarding for so many years, that was accurate, and that parents <laughs> yeah. really want their kid to be the best, even yeah. though it's you doesn't know, matter. Who, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's more of that. We only played what maybe. And we got hour. to the second dad. Yeah, <laughs> the cooler dad in the coffee shop. You got the hipster yeah. dad. Yeah, and there's a divergent kind of storyline, so it's not like you're going to meet the same dads in every order that you play. So I think there's some. Uh, Based oh on yeah, because we, we chose to some. go to the coffee shop or whatever. Instead yeah, you could have went to sleep, and we chose yeah. to go to we chose to go to the park too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have so. went like unpacked and not gone to the park and stayed inside. And it, yeah, we decided to be an active father yes. and uh, <laughs> take our kid out to the park, and, even though she's and, like uh, good for you guys. a senior in high school. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what dads do. Yeah. They're involved parents. It's, yeah, a, yeah. It, it's interesting how the game starts. You kind of start by looking through photos and making comments on what your daughter d- did. Yeah. I think that's a good way to kind of put the preface of what kind of character you're playing because yeah. that's where all those choices came out as to what your backstory yeah. was. Mm-hmm. And I did like the, I did like the um, build your own dad thing. Yeah, we, we spent quite a bit of time. <laughs> well, that's after fun. Dad. I mean, with any <laughs> RPG, you know, I'd say... Yeah, a good chunk of the fun for me is making the character, and then once I play, I'm like, oh, I don't care anymore. And <laughs> on, on Loadout, it already comes out with a lot of pretty great choices and customization yeah. abilities, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. And uh, on Twitter right now, the devs are uh, having people post their dads. <laughs> oh, we should put that. up... we got to uh, post our dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kitty Santa. Yeah. So look mm-hmm. forward to that uh, either today or... <laughs> our bearded, top-knotted, purple-eyed hipster dad. Hipster, yeah. hipster dad. He's wearing like a pink... It's oh, it's the cat, it's cat, cat shirt. Yeah. So it's Kitty Santa is his name because he's he got looks a cat like Santa. Sh- and he looks oh, like okay. Santa. Oh, okay. We were going to go with Fashion Santa, but then we were afraid of, like, you know, liability and, and copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. Became Kitty Santa. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the Yorkdale mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, they mean, have more money than we do. So the daughter's, <laughs> what was the daughter's name? Amanda. Amanda Santa. Amanda Santa. It seemed like a cute little game. Yeah. I wanted to play more. I thought it was fun. I don't think there's going to be much depth to it, but... I want to see what dad we end up with. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see how many different branches the story is yeah. going to go into. Mm-hmm. And I know there's like in in the um, original uh, website for it, they were showing the initial dads that you're going to see in a few unlockable dads maybe or dads that are just sort of like end game dads that we got to find. So end game dads. End game dads. I don't know. I'm sure they'll if, if this does well, they'll do some updates oh, and yeah. stuff. So we'll. I mean, it was a big install for uh, what appears to be like a simple 
yeah like graphically anyway yeah. i mean mm. it doesn't seem like a huge game but it was like seven gigs so there must be something there. some mm. more under the surface there mm-hmm. i mean they had all those different mini games and stuff like that so it could be interesting. oh that's true yeah. too yeah mm. i mean it's a I think it'll be fun. Then we're going to have a review for that one up uh, sometime. Yeah, I, I, th- because uh, it only it locked, it unlocked for uh, when the it press launched. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So our reviewer, Kenneth, is going to get that as soon as possible. Yeah, so we're going to see that soon. Exciting. But anyway, fun game. Totally recommend it. Cool. Uh, and Phil, you played something really fun. I did, fun. yeah. I played Splatoon 2, which I got a big kick out of. Um, it, Yeah. So I played with Splatoon on the Wii U, and it was a good time, and I was excited when they were bringing it back, and they pretty well just did the same thing, I, it, and not it, in a bad way. Is it the in same, a Nintendo way. same game? Pretty much, okay. like in a Nintendo way, in as, way, in as much as like, you know, when a new Smash Brothers yep. or a new Mario Kart comes out. Like, they're different, but it's the same. Okay. And, um, and that's fine by me, because I really do like the mechanic of it. I, do, I think it's a really fun, really yeah. well-designed world. I think the, the shooting matches... Can be incredibly fun. It can be incredibly uh, intoxicating and right. addictive, and uh, yeah, they, they they the the graphics are updated. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's so bright and poppy. It uh, it re- really shines on an HD TV, and you know works well whether you're playing on the the portable Switch screen or with the with the Switch controller. The, I I did I I the the, the yeah the, the new guns are great. They updated yeah. different weapons, different stages. The my favorite was you could shoot with a pistol in either hand and when you did that you also got a tuck and roll diving shooting well, move which was great because it was very John Woo and I like John Woo and that was a good time <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah I, I have a couple minor gripes with it though um, the the main one being that they kind of advertised very vocally that it has uh, local co-op yeah. and it does provided you have a friend that also has a switch and a game and then you can play locally together with your two Switches games, <laughs> which is not local co-op. And I was really no. irritated. Yeah, no, not at all. And I wish they hadn't done that. It's really irritating. I don't, I mean, I don't know why they can't have split screen. I'm sure they could. My guess is it's either a space thing on those little cartridges or it's because, um, like, I turn it off, but the default mode is that the Y-axis yeah. is controlled by motion control. And maybe it's just too confusing for the sensors to have two controllers at once maybe doing the motion it, control. Yeah. But even if it's that, that's ridiculous. Because the um, first game had two-player, didn't it? Not oh. co-op. Oh, really? Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and the other gripe I have with it is that when you play online, yep. you have to get, I forget what the total is, but it's really high. It's something like 12 players. And if you can't get 12, it won't do a match. So what? I found that particularly during the review period, I w- it would take like three tries before I can get any match So going. it's 12 or nothing. Yeah, it's 12 or nothing. Oh. And they don't have bots or anything like that. And that I find very irritating. That I need to fix. Now, once it's live and the game's up and people actually own Switches, unlike the Wii U, yeah. that mm-hmm. hopefully won't be but too I mean, much of an issue. You had a problem with um, the original Splatoon where after a little while, they kept having to have these events just to bring people back into the game. Oh, totally, yeah. So I think that that's a mistake. I think they should work out a way to have either, like, bots yeah. or smaller matches or something, particularly because, like, the only real way that you can upgrade and get new weapons or anything is through online matches. They don't really have... Yeah, that's how you get all the currency. Weird. Is there There's, a story mode? There is a story mode. There's a single-player mode. It's sort of a platforming game. That's okay. a lot of fun. The boss designs were great. There was one boss that was this giant oven that sped out Evil Toast. Oh, that was fantastic. Do, yeah. There was one that was a samurai um, riding around on a paint roller. That was great. Um, it's really well-designed and fun, and you do get to like unlock weapons that you can use there, yeah. but that doesn't translate around to the multiplayer. Oh, that's player, weird. Which, again, I don't care for that either. So there are little small gripes I have like that, but overall, I think what they're doing with that is great. It doesn't surprise me that like you already see yeah. the characters popping up as iconic Mar- mm-hmm. Nintendo yeah. characters already. I that's think that what they do, though. Totally, and I, and I think they actually managed to manufacture a franchise that I think is strong enough that they can sustain it, and I think they did... You know, in in as much as like, you know, yeah. with, with Nintendo te- with flagship Nintendo franchises like this, it's just sort of like a new generation for each system. I think they updated enough that this does feel fresh, and also was just fun to see that it it still works again. That's it's awesome. not, yeah, it, it holds up to other rounds, and uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. And yeah, if you didn't have a Wii U, so I'm talking to almost all of you, um, <laughs> you should. I recommend trying it because this is uh, a really fun game that they've done, and awesome. they did a great job for the Switch. Awesome, fun. yeah. Ah, so, and Brendan, you didn't play anything. I played Diablo. No one wants to hear more of Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Yeah. Um, play a new game. <laughs> By next week, that's your homework. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that wraps this up. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about things that we talked about, please visit us at cgmagonline.com or follow us on Twitter at, CGMag, uh, at cgmagonline. Um, everyone else got their Twitter? Phil? At that Phil Brown. 
And you're on No Twitter, Twitter for Brendan. No Twitter for Brendan. And Brendan Fry. Uh, B426. And I'm at Lisa Awesome with no E's. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online. And thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring the podcast. From everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. Woo-woo. Bye, guys.